Praise God. Thank God for the freedom. Amen. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Come on, wake up, people. Oh, we're redeemed. We're redeemed. Praise God. Claim it today in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope, I hope you guys aren't doing what Ray was doing. Y'all hear about Ray? Ellie Mae and Ray. Ellie Mae, uh, this widow is in a church. She's 80 years old. Everybody's trying to get her set up with Ray. He was 90 years old. And uh, they finally got them together, and they went out uh, on a date, I reckon you would call it. And uh, the next day, uh, the daughter asked her mama and said, well, how, how did it go? And she said, don't you ever, ever send me out with Ray again. She said, why? She said, I had to slap him three times. Mom, you had to slap him three times. What was he doing? Was he being fresh? She said, no, I was trying to see if he was alive or not. There is no spiritual benefit of that at all other than a little laughter. Do it the heart good like medicine. <laughs> Woo. You wake? So I hope I don't have... So I don't want to have to come slap you today just to see... Amen. <laughs> Let's be alive. Praise the Lord. So glad you're here. Wow. As we're going into this week, celebrating the 4th of July, today is the axis of 2018. Midpoint, we've got behind us midnight going forward into the second half of this year. And the Lord gave me a word. Oh my goodness. I was so excited about it. I did something I've never done before. I got my children here shaking their head. They'll agree to it. They've always asked me, you know, Dad, what are you preaching on? I say, Jesus. I would never tell them, Dad, Dad, what's the sermon this week? Jesus. It's always preaching on Jesus. Well, I, I just got so full of this, I just had to get them together. And I said, come on, come on, come on. And I got them all together. And I said, let me preach a little of Sunday sermon. And they're like, what? You know, does this excuse us from church so we don't have to go? No, they didn't ask that. And uh, <laughs> so uh, I just began to share some of it with them as I'm going to share with you this morning because I, I, God just, just spoke to me and he said, you got to declare this to him. He said, I put you here for this is your assignment. It is time to decree and that this is a season of supernatural shift. This is a season of supernatural shift. There, there are those that are going to allow the shift, and there are those that are going to pass it by. But they, if they pass it by, it won't be because they didn't know. They didn't know. So this is a season of supernatural shift. Get ready, get ready. This is strategic to God. This is very, very important to God. And I pray that, man, they preached me this morning in first service, so I couldn't stop. They just kept pulling it out. Oh, glory to God. So we went a little late because of them. I blame them, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and pre-blame you, okay? <laughs> Praise God. This is good. This is good. A season of supernatural shift. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, let me just, just set this up by explaining this and reminding you of this, that our God is a covenant God. He, he came up with covenant. Man did not. He came up with the idea, the concept of covenant. And uh, covenant is very important to him. It began in Eden. He had an Edenic covenant. He had an Adamic covenant. He had a Noahic covenant. He had an Abrahamic covenant. He had a Davidic covenant. There's covenants throughout the Bible. And, uh, and then we see the Bible is split into two. We have the Old Covenant, or we call Testament, New Testament and Old Testament. But that's covenants. The Old Covenant and we have the New Covenant. And God is a covenant God, and he wants you to understand this because as being a covenant God, he has opened up the opportunity 
for covenant has to be between two or more parties for you to be a beneficial party of the covenant. Now, when we talk about covenant, we must understand that covenant is based on an if-then concept. There are conditions to a covenant. And God, and there's usually a stronger party and a weaker party in a covenant. God is the stronger party. Now, this season of supernatural shift is all a part of this covenant. And this covenant that God has given to us, He is, he is shifting, He is trying to bring shift into our thinking and our understanding and our implementation and our faith level so that we can start uh, reaping or walking in greater covenant benefits that are already there. Nothing has to be made up. It's already there, but they need to be shifted into the reality of this earth, our life. And God says, I want, it, I want to make this shift. I want to do greater things than you've ever seen before. Now, this covenant is one that you don't have to question. You don't have to get. There's no guesswork about it. Hebrews 7 and 11 tells us by so much more, Jesus has become a surety or a guarantee of this better covenant. So this covenant, you never have to guess, is God going to do his part? Is God going to provide? Is God going to come through? Because he tells us this better covenant that has been established for us, described and given great detail in the New Covenant, New Testament. If you want to know about the New Covenant, it's all in the New Testament. But it is backed up by Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is without sin, and Jesus is uh, not going to violate anything that he has promised. So we must understand this is something, if we've got the confidence and the faith to step into it, it's going to happen. This is not something that may happen. This will be our reality, what I'm talking about today. Then in Hebrews 8 and 6, he says, but now Jesus, uh, as it was talking in previous verses about how the uh, high priest would go and mediate this covenant, as we saw these covenants that were written and given to us in the Old Testament, but now Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry. In other words, he came in as our, as our high priest, but a better ministry so that he uh, mediated a better covenant. So you and I are benefits of a better covenant than, than David had. And we have a better covenant than Moses had. We have a better covenant than Abraham had. And some people say, well, what about Job? Well, we don't even see where Job had a covenant. And if God did what God did in restoring to Job without covenant, think what God's going to do with covenant. Hallelujah. And not just any covenant, but a better covenant. So inasmuch he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Let me tell you what. We are in the day and age where we get the best end of the deal. We get the best of the best. Hallelujah. Everything in the Old Testament was just shadows and signs and pointing towards what is yet to come. You and I get to enjoy it. That's why we should live with greater joy than anyone in the Old Testament ever dared because we have a better covenant built on better promises by a better high priest, a superior high priest, and it's backed and guaranteed by the blood of Jesus Christ himself. So the question is this, do we really believe that Jesus has established a better covenant for us? Do we really believe it is built on better promises? Do we really believe that it's guaranteed, that it's backed up, that if you'll step into that covenant, there's a foundation that will not drop you, that you can walk in this covenant. It is secured by Jesus Christ and his atonement. 
Do you really believe that? If you really believe that, it, then it, it's evident in what we believe is evident in what we pray for. And, and let me tell you what, are you praying big enough? That's what the Lord said to me. Are you praying big enough? He said, I want my people to start praying for bigger prayers. He said, they're not believing me for enough. They're not pulling on the covenant like I want them to. It's as though they think I'm weak or I'm on a budget or I'm limited. He says, I want my people to rise up in faith and start praying some bigger prayers and believe in me for some supernatural. I got the family together. And I said, I want you to, we, yes, we pray God to bless us. <coughs> bless our food. <laughs> I'm getting so excited. I'm breathing while I'm exhaling. I'm inhaling while I'm exhaling. Lord, I'm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I said, it's time to start believing God for more. I want y'all to start believing God for more. I want to start praying for more. Yeah, we pray for God to bless our food and we pray for, pray for protection and, and all that God's blessings. But he says, I want you to pull on me. I want you to pray big. And, and I said, okay, what are you going to pray big for? Townsend said, well, it'll take some time for me to think about that. I said, okay, Mr. Intellect. Okay, go ahead. And I said, Morgan, what about you? She said, well, Daddy, you know Townsend's my leader here. He's the oldest brother, the oldest sibling. Yeah, uh, give us some time. Give us some time. And then Caleb's like, well, I'll contemplate upon this and let you know. And, uh, but guess what? Pastor Radika, she said, I'm believing. Let's, let's pray for the church by the next six months to be over a thousand people, souls saved and disciples being made. And she said, let's believe God. Not only are we believing God to cancel the debt of our house and pay off our house, but pay off the debt on the house of God as well. Hallelujah. She said, and she said you know what? Those Romanian children, that let's just adopt them and raise them up and disciple them. And you know what? And then she starts going into Czech Republic. She's taking over Europe. And I'm like, man, if she visits Asia, she's going to take over Asia. And she, wherever she, oh, glory to God. She, I'll believe God for big stuff. And then God just smiling. He says, uh-huh. So, so it shall be. So it shall be. I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but years back when we, God told us to rise and build. He said, it's time to rise and build. We were in the little uh, chapel, and we had this, uh, kind of had this philosophy that we wanted to make such an impact uh, for the kingdom of God that whatever came in went out. I mean, we, we kind of like were un, unselfish in a sense. We were just going to win the world for Jesus. Time is drawing nigh. But our ministry was always capped by our limited facilities and bringing more people in and discipling more people and being able to even do more. And God says, it's time to stop fearing this. Rise and build. So we, we got our elders together and we said, God said, it's time to rise and build. We talked to you, the congregation, and everybody was all happy for it, but we didn't have any money. So we were like, we're ready to go, but we need resources. And guess what? There was a widow who lives in Florida. I'd never met her before, but she said the Lord told her to help us. And she said, I can loan it to you. It's my retirement. I don't need it now, but I can loan it to you. But God said to give you some funds to get going. And you know, this widow in Florida gave us $400,000. I didn't even know her. I didn't even know her. She, she said, the spirit of, she said, I know the spirit of the Lord. And God told me I'm supposed to do this. And she did it. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning. And, uh, and, and one of our elders teams got together and said, I'll, I'll, I'll loan some money. And they gave some money up front as well. And that's how we started doing everything that's brought us to this place now. Well, it's been several years now. We got the building built. And this lady said, you know what? I'm getting a little older now. It may be... Uh, we got any plans on paying this thing back? You know, what's the plans and so forth? 
And, uh, and then we had others as we were going and we had different uh, challenges. We had to get, you know, parking lot. We had to get the uh, infrastructure. We had to get all this place where the building is dug out and replaced with sand to make it a good foundation to build on. Now, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands ended up being several millions of dollars. We had people giving uh, loans to the church that I'll loan you the money and you can just pay it back once we get things going and so forth. Others said, I'll loan you the money. And the Spirit of the Lord just blessed through them. They just said, I canceled it, Dad. I just, Pastor, we don't even want it back. It's, it's the church. It's the kingdom of God. And that's all of that generosity has brought us to this place. But, you know, no one's asking for their money back right now. We did have one couple that gave $100,000 and, and recently said, we, we're in a place we need that. So we've given them, uh, as of this month, uh, we'll be giving them all of that back. But that's what Pastor Rodica was saying. Let's, let's, let's just believe God for not only canceling the debt of our home, but the house of God as well. And uh, so I'm like, girl, this girl, I'm telling you, wherever she goes, she's going to believe God for it. But I want that to be contagious on all of us. Every one of us. God says, you're not praying big enough. Do you really believe? He says, you don't receive because you don't ask. You says you receive not because you ask not, James 4 and 2 says. So he wants you to ask him. So I want to challenge you today in the next 30 minutes before you leave here. I want your faith to be built up so that you're not, not a hype. I'm talking about faith. I'm going to build your hope up so that your faith can be based on your hope. And I want you to go into the rest of this uh, month and the, this year as we now transition into the second half of 2018. And let's close this year out with Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost passion, and the miracle working power of God, testimonies working in and through our lives so that we can close out this year bragging on God if, and, and, and telling everybody about how God has done the miraculous. Hallelujah. Because when you understand covenant, then you understand you, this is what God set it up for. He, the, he wants you to believe him for his covenant promises that he's made. Do you know where God met them all through the Old Testament? Do you know where God met them? He met them around what? In the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go in as a covenant representative of all the people and meet God around what? The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the what? The Covenant. We meet God around the covenant. And let me tell you what. And a covenant representative is so, so very important when it comes to covenant. The representative is essential in covenant. Moses was a covenant representative for Israel before Pharaoh. And we see Gideon was a covenant representative before, for Israel before the Midianites. And Esther was a covenant representative of God's people before the king. And David was a covenant representative for God's people before Goliath. And Jesus, hallelujah, was a covenant representative for us before Satan and every demon that would ever want to destroy us. And he won the victory in all realms for everyone who believes and everyone who's in enters into covenant by faith. Jesus shifted God's favor to us. His favor that is so valuable is for those who are in covenant. So the question is, are you in covenant today? Are you in covenant with God? I'm not talking about just praying a little prayer. I'm talking about, are you in covenant with God? By faith, you can pray a prayer of repentance and a prayer of acceptance. And you can believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is your Lord, that you surrendered his lordship. That's by faith how you enter into covenant. But or do you stay in covenant? Do you honor the covenant of preamble? Do you honor the covenant precepts? Do you walk in covenant? Do you pull on God by the power of the Spirit of God what He has promised in covenant by faith? Because it's impossible to please God without faith. 
Let me tell you, one touch of God's favor can put you 50 years down the road. Do you hear what I'm saying? You may feel like you're stuck today. You may feel like you'll never accomplish your dream. Let me tell you, you may feel like you're never going to overcome that problem. It's been too long. It's been lingering in your life. You've missed too many opportunities. But I'm here to tell you, no. God is saying, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm about to shift things in your life. Doors are going to open for you that have not opened in the past and the people who were against you are suddenly they're going to change their minds uh, and they're going to be favorable towards you. See, the problem that has been dragging you down for years uh, is suddenly going to drop off of you and you're going to walk in the freedom of God as a covenant son and daughter of God. I hear the Lord saying that He wants us to believe Him for this season of supernatural shift. He wants us to believe Him today that the water of the Spirit of God is as it's splashing upon the shoreline, wants to splash upon your life, wants to splash upon the rocky places of your life and bring the wet, the water, the warmth and the, and the, and the, and the empowerment of God in your life. See, for everyone who is in covenant with God, who will honor God, and I have to keep saying that because a lot of people think I was born in America. God bless America. I love America. Ask my kids. We were in Europe probably day 14. Was it maybe 15? I don't know. And I said, I miss, I miss home. And they looked at me and I said, and, and I teared up and I said, God bless America. And I began to sing, God bless America. And then I got so teared up, I said, wait, so I found it on my phone. And I started playing it on my phone. I love America. Man, America has an amazing covenant, has an amazing constitution. People have fought, and I thank God for everyone who has served, every one of you who serve and have served, and have family members that have served, who have shed blood to fight for the covenant that we have of independence in this place. And as we enjoy the great things and the blessings of America, let me tell you why. There was a soldier that came from heaven that shed his blood and fought for the covenant that I'm talking about today, which is a better covenant than you'll ever find in America. It's a better covenant than you'll ever find in Europe. It's a better covenant that you'll ever find anywhere in heaven on earth. And God says, I want you to receive the supernatural favor that comes with that. But you must be in covenant. You have to be born again. You have to be just like I was born here in America. And it made me, uh, uh, by the covenant of this land, a citizen of this land. And my wife was born in Romania, but she did all of the legal paperwork and all the interviews and all the stuff that the funds that we had to give in order for her to become a resident and then become a citizen of the United States. So she was, she was she like born again. There was an open door for her to be born uh, somewhere else, but to come in and enjoy all the privileges and the benefits of this land. Let me tell you what, I was born outside of the kingdom of God as you were. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the way, and the wages of sin is death. But let me tell you what, the soldier that came from heaven, the son of the living God, who fought the battle as a covenant representative for you and me and shed his blood, has brought to us a better better covenant built upon better promises guaranteed and backed up by his own life and you and I should enjoy it hallelujah it's the covenant hand of God shifting you to another level of destiny so I'm not just here this morning to encourage you and to make you feel better I want to do that but my real purpose is I'm prophesying as I've heard from heaven 
supernatural shift is coming. There's a shift in your spiritual health. There is a shift in your physical health. Please receive it. There is a shift in your relationships. There is a shift in your finances. And, and I'm not talking about what you can do in the natural. I am talking about the super coming on your natural. When God breathes in your direction and His, His breath brings a newness of life. This is a shift of acceleration. Jesus' first miracle was at what God had established on earth to be a representative of covenant. And that was marriage, where a man and a woman came together and the two became one. They looked out for each other. What one had, the other had. What one was blessed with, the other was blessed with. Whatever promotion one got, the other was got, because the two became one. It was at the covenant cutting of marriage that Jesus performed his first miracle and he turned water into the sweet drink of the vine. Now the host made sure to make note that this was not the rotted decay of wine uh, that, that in that environment and in that day of time would be that which represented that which was older. This was that sweet drink of the vine which had just been harvested. And that did not last long, so it would only be a day or two's harvest that could be the sweet drink of the vine before it began to decay and rot. And that they would serve first at their functions because it was their best. And then as things went on, they gave them the more rotted stuff. Well, the host said, wait a minute, there's something about this you just brought to me that is that which we should have served first and not last, but I don't understand how we have this much of it because that's impossible. It was because Jesus' first miracle was turning the water into the sweet drink of the vine, and that was a miracle of acceleration. His miracle of acceleration, that was His first miracle, took place in covenant, at a covenant function. Let me tell you what, this shift that God is bringing is a shift of acceleration. Do you hear what I'm saying? That what is taking 10 years is only going to take a moment in your life. It is a shift of divine enablement to take you farther than you could have gone on your own. A shift to overcome that medical report that says this is impossible, but you will see that which is impossible made possible by the favor of God. This is a shift of the covenant of God that will bring the prodigal loved ones to the Father's house. A shift uh, that over these next six months, let me tell you what, when circumstances uh, should have kept you at a loss, uh, you're going to end up with a gain uh, and God's going to get glory. I'm talking about a shift where we're seeing Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider, not only providing what is necessary, but providing exceedingly abundantly and above and beyond. Hallelujah. Who is ready to say yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes. I'm ready for all that you have for me. I'm ready to believe you for the impossible. Is anybody here ready to believe God and pray for bigger things than you've been praying for? To believe God for greater than you've ever believed Him for? Hallelujah. I'm ready to believe you, Lord, 
for a parting the Red Sea miracle. I'm ready to believe you, God, for a water-walking miracle. I'm ready to believe you, God, for a raining down of meat and bread from heaven like you brought the quail and the manna in the wilderness. I'm ready to believe you, God, for the bringing a river out of the rock in the middle of a desert where there's impossible to find water, but rivers will come flowing. A raising the dead miracle. Could somebody say, yes, I believe. I'm going to believe and ask God to receive even greater things. Hallelujah. You may not know a way. You may start thinking, but you may not know a way, but you know the way. And He is a way maker. Do you know that? Hallelujah. Who makes a way where there seems to be no way. So let me declare today, I'm expecting and I'm believing and I'm receiving my shift from God beginning right now. And I pray some of you right now would join me in that declaration and say, God, I'm expecting and I'm believing and I'm receiving my shift from you beginning right now. I'm not going to wait till the end of this service. I'm not going to wait until I get home. I'm not going to wait till Monday morning. Ah, God, I want to believe you. I want to begin believing you. I don't want to begin walking in it. I want to begin talking it right now. Now, those doors that have been closed before, go check them again. Do you hear what I'm saying? Those doors that were closed in your face before, go check them again. That dream that you had uh, that to start a new business, uh, to go back to college, or maybe to go on the missions trip, whatever it is, uh, don't you give up on it. Don't you give up on it. Why? Because things are shifting. God is shifting things in your favor. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you're in covenant with God. See, when the wind of God's favor blows in your direction, people's going to change their mind. Doors that were shut are going to begin to open up. Hallelujah. The no's are going to start turning into yeses. The not now's are going to start turning into yes, it's your turn. Come on in. The, the dead, dry bones are beginning to move back into position. Remember, Ezekiel, God says, I need you, covenant representative. Those dead, dry bones, they need a covenant representative. I need somebody on earth to, to be my voice. Somebody on earth that will speak it. Ezekiel, will you speak it? And he began to speak it. And the breath of God began to shift the environment. And that which was dead came back to life. Not only life, but became a mighty army. Hallelujah. See, the Bible tells us about the Israelites who were in Egyptian bondage for hundreds of years and held against their will and had poor working conditions and less than favorable living accommodations and extremely long and hard and, and I'm, I'm assuming in that environment, hot work days. Exhaustive quotas, the Bible says, that if they couldn't meet their quota, they were beaten with rods. They had inadequate nutrition and rags for clothing. They were treated less than the animals that the Egyptians owned there. And the people cried out to God. They finally got it. That this is not the covenant that God made for us. This is not how God wants to live. And when they realized that, they cried out to God that they were ready for change. Now, I pray you don't have to go 400 years in bondage before you'll start crying out for change. Do you hear me? I pray you don't wait till the churches empty out like we saw in Europe and there's no one in the cathedrals other than those visiting them as, uh, as, 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 as what would you call it? Museums. You know, we, we don't want to wait until that. We want to cry out to God today. Amen. So they cried out to God. And God is a God uh, of covenant who intervenes with His covenant people. And the way God set up covenant, He needs our participation. 
Now, really, God needs nothing, but the way he set it up, he said, this is how covenant's going to work. There's going to be an if-then uh, a clause. If you will do this, then I will do that. Now, the then I will do this is already guaranteed by Jesus, so it's done, okay? But the if is, if you believe, if you will do and enter into his covenant, then he will fulfill that. So he called Moses as a covenant representative here on earth because God needs, uh, in the way he set things up, he has uh, an embassy in, in, in earth, and we are his ambassadors. And we're to pray his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we are representatives of heaven. Sometimes we think we're all about going to heaven. And God said, no, while you're on earth, I need you as an ambassador uh, so that you usher in heaven on earth. You know, and the, and the day will come when we're, I'm bringing everybody home. But until then, I want to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. Okay, I need some covenant representatives here to be my voice on the earth. So, so he called Moses to be his voice and to go and declare and decree his will on earth. So Moses began to decree that the shift is coming and God wanted his people to be set free. And Moses tells Pharaoh this, and if you remember, God backed it up every time that Pharaoh said, nope, I don't receive that, God backed it up with divine intervention. You let the devil try to keep you out of your future. You let the devil try to keep you out of your destiny. And if you're in covenant, God's going to back it up if he has to send a plague against the enemy that's coming against you. You don't worry about the enemy. You stay in faith and go forward and in this supernatural shift that he has for you. So Moses is declaring this, God's backing it up, and it got down to the tenth display of God's almighty power before Pharaoh gave up and said, let the Israelites go. Now Exodus 31, 21, I mean uh, Exodus 3, 21 and 22 tells us that God calls the Egyptians, who? God calls the Egyptians to change their minds and show favor to the Israelites as they were leaving. They gave them all of their gold, silver, and jewels. <laughs> Can you imagine these Egyptians who had looked down upon, who spoke down upon, who misused and abused the Israelites all their life? In that generation, that's all they knew. All of a sudden, when there was a covenant representative who would stand and say, No, we're not going to put up with this anymore. God wants us to believe God, God wants us to believe Him for miraculous things, for miraculous deliverance, for miraculous promotion, for miraculous advancement. When Moses began to declare it and the enemy tried to stand against it God came against the enemy with plagues to the place when they get ready to say okay go they God causes them to start showing favor and they give them all their silver and their gold and their jewels as they're leaving yeah. Proverbs 21 and 1 says that God can even turn the heart of a king like he turns the river rivers of water let me tell you what you stop worrying about your enemy. You stop worrying about that thing that's holding you back. And you start getting into faith and building up your faith and getting your declaration and your decree in order with this shift and beginning to walk in it. You don't care what the circumstances look like. You're decreeing. You're decreeing. Shift. Shift. Divine, supernatural shift. Favor of God is shifting my way. Hallelujah. The first half of 2018, you may have had to deal with some difficult people. Please don't try to picture them right now. Maybe a boss who is over demanding or a family member who's been disrespectful or employees who are in it all for themselves or customers who won't pay you or speak negative and untruthful things about you. And it, and it seems like this is how it's going to always be. Well, again, I'm here to decree to you today a shift is coming. 
a shift. There's a line drawn right down the middle and we're moving from January to June into our July and this is where the shift is. We're going to walk in the shift beginning right now. We're in part two of 2018 and part two is going to be much better than part one. Hallelujah. See, when you remain in covenant with God, our covenant-keeping God will assist you. we got to remain in covenant. This isn't just an easy, believe it, you know, just sit back and it's just easy PG, whatever. we got to stay in covenant. we got to stay in covenant. And how do we stay in covenant? By faith. And we know that God is going to honor what He said He's going to do. And nothing is going to keep you from fulfilling God's destiny in your life when you stay in covenant. I love what Psalms 18 and 29, this is a covenant verse. It says when you're in covenant with God and the enemy thinks he's going to bring a troop in, he brings a troop in to try to hope you'll run through the troop. <laughs> and he tries to build up a wall to hold you out of your blessings and your favor and you'll leap over a wall. Hallelujah! It is God who will cause you to run through a troop. It is God who will cause you to leap over a wall. You're going to win. You're going to overcome. You're going to be victorious because of the divine favor of God, the shift of the supernatural in your life. Oh, all we need is for God to breathe on us. For God to breathe our way. And the wind of the Spirit will shift things in order. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But disciples, hear me. You're in covenant. And this covenant, with this covenant, you need power. You need Holy Ghost power. So I need you to tarry in Jerusalem until you've been endued from on high with power. Because this covenant promise is backed by an engine under the hood that is unstoppable. But this engine under the hood is the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost. Why do you think the devil tried to get the church to kick out the Holy Holy Ghost, afraid of the Holy Ghost, scared of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God. Why are you scared of God? And He's holy. You need to be scared of unholy stuff, not holy things. Uh, um, come on now. But the devil got one over on the church, but not here Christian Embassy. Come on now. We say welcome Holy Spirit. We want you Holy Spirit. Spirit of living God uh, that raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, come dwell in us and quicken our mortal body. We want to be full of the Holy Ghost. We want to be refilled with the Holy Ghost. We want to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you today you're one shift from seeing your dream come to pass. You're one shift from coming out of debt. You're one shift from paying your house off. You're one shift from your health improving. You're one shift from meeting the right person. Part of my divine assignment today is to get your hope up. Some people say, oh, you preachers try to get our hope up. You better believe it. Because without hope, you can't have faith. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith. If you're going to have a now faith, I'm not talking about talking about some historical faith. I'm talking about a now faith. A now faith that pleases God. A now faith that moves mountains. A now faith that calls that which is not as though it be and it become. A now faith that will stand over a, a husband that's laying there dead on a, a life support for 59 days. And a faith that will say, you will not die, but you will live and declare the works of the Lord. I remember going into that waiting room and hearing Sister Diane. It doesn't matter if there was ladies in there, men in there that knew us from the church or they was from the visiting their own uh, loved ones there. There was a word coming out of that room. There was a word coming out of that room. I took out 
Calvin Slaughter up there. And he heard the word too. And we walked in there and we looked at that Hal right there, Brother Hal. And he was laying there and it looked like there was no way. You remember? It looked like he don't, he was in the hands of God. He was just, just enjoying himself with the Lord. But we were seeing a body that was pumped with air and a body that had veins, uh, 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 tubes all coming in and out. 59 days. But there was a word that was consistent. He will not die, but he will declare the works of the Lord. See, she, the two of them are in covenant. So what she said, they're one. So what she said went for him as well. She's like, no, that part of me is not going to die. He's going to live and declare the works of the Lord. And let me tell you what, after one day I took Brother Alvin up there and we were walking back and Brother Alvin's like, wow, I, I, you know, I've done all these concerts around the world and I don't do much hospital visitation. And you take me into that? And that's my buddy Hal. He said, oh, how do, you pro- how, do you ha- how do you process this? I said, brother, I know it's hard, but did you hear what Sister Diane said? He will not die, but he will live and declare the works of the Lord. And then we were walking out of the, uh, the downstairs, going out the doors, and we were saying that back and forth. So I, and we just said it to each other. I said, let's say it to each other. He will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Well, brother, how could you wave at somebody right now? Hallelujah! Glory to God. Yes, hallelujah. What could not be is hallelujah. Now faith. We're not talking about historical faith. We're talking about a faith that works right now in the midst of your pain and in the midst of your hurt and in the midst of your loss. It'll happen right now. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I pray you'll pick up the dumbbell and begin to work against the opposition and say, I'm not giving up. And what the devil meant for evil is going to build your muscles. You're going to get some biceps and triceps and you're going to get yourself built up in the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to leave here in the next moments when we dismiss with an attitude of expectancy. Praise God. Saying as you go out, God, I believe you are shifting things in my favor. God, I believe. I believe. Oh, I love the story in Genesis 48. There's this story about Jacob and it follows up. If you remember Jacob and Joseph, Joseph was his son that he loved and favored, put a coat of many colors on him. Then his brothers got jealous and, you know, told him daddy was dead and he'd been sold into slavery in Egypt, Potiphar's house, prison. And then uh, years later, he is back in Egypt, second in command by the favor of God, shift, a shift in his life. And then famine was in the land and, and he brings his brothers in and God ministers to his heart and he cries and he says, what you guys meant for evil, God has turned it for good. I forgive you. I forgive you. And then he said, I want you to bring my dad. So they brought Jacob in. And Jacob's old at this time. And, and Jacob had never, he thought Joseph was dead. So he, he didn't know Joseph was alive. So he's reunited. And he had never met Joseph's kids. And Joseph had two kids, Manasseh and Ephraim. So he brings, him, brings them to his dad. And uh, his dad's laying in bed. The Bible says he's almost blind and so aged that he's on his last days. And uh, he struggles to sit up on the side of the bed. And Joseph brings Manasseh and Ephraim in. He says, you know, Dad, here's your grandboys. This is your grandsons here. And, uh, and, and Jacob says, tell me about them. Tell me about them. So he tells them about, you know, here's Manasseh, the firstborn. And here's Ephraim, my secondborn. And, 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 and Jacob says, you know what? God's visited me. And God told me that, that I, got, I got to bring them into the covenant. So what I'm going to do, Joseph... I'm going to bring them in as my sons. That's why you had the 12 tribes of Israel. You had the 12 tribes there because Manasseh and Ephraim, even though they're not Jacob's immediate sons, they're Joseph's, this is his grandsons. But God says, we're going to shift. We're going, we're going, we're going to change the order. See, see, this is what God said. Stop boxing me in. God says, 
I'm the chef and it's my recipe. And if this time I want to put two cups of sugar in it, I'll put two cups of sugar in it. And the next time if I want to put a cup of sugar and a cup of Splenda in, I'll do that. And if I don't put any sugar in at all, it's my recipe. It's my recipe. So God, so God spoke to Jacob and Jacob said, okay, we're going to do something different. Instead of this just being for my immediate sons, nope, we're going to bring you Manasseh and Ephraim in, in the covenant. And I'm going to release the covenant blessing on you as though you're my own sons and you'll get equal, equal portion of the land. So, so Joseph does the traditional thing which you're supposed to do in that day and age with covenant. Firstborn gets the greater blessing. Remember Esau and Jacob, remember that? He's supposed to get the greater blessing. And the secondborn gets a blessing and gets part of the covenant, but not that greater portion. So he puts uh, Manasseh at Jacob's right hand as he's sitting there. There's Manasseh. And then he puts uh, Ephraim at his left hand, which is the secondborn, so that the right hand represents the covenant blessing in favor of God. Now, when you start talking about the right hand of God, I get real emotional because I've seen the right hand of God save my life when I was 17 years old. I'd be dead in hell today if it had not been for the literal hand of God saved my life. So the right hand of God reached. Oh, my goodness. So he's going to reach out with his right hand and bless the firstborn. But guess what Jacob does? The Bible says he crossed his hands. He crossed his hands and he put his right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on Manasseh. Now, Joseph said, Dad, Dad, I know you can't hardly see, and you, you, you just met your grandsons here. You don't even remember their names, probably. No, this, I, here, this is Manasseh. He's the firstborn. So, and, and, and Jacob said, No! I'm doing this on purpose. Amen. And he crossed his hands, and he released the greater blessing on the lesser son, and the lesser blessing on the greater son. Let me tell you what, there's a divine shift that is coming here today where God says it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter if you were in the back of the line. It doesn't matter if you were the least. It doesn't matter the order of things, how it's been up to this point. You feel like you're always missed up, missed the promotion, looked over. It's always been the, you're the black sheep. You're always the one that, that gets the short end of the stick. God says, I'm purposefully crossing my hand and I'm putting my right, right hand on you who will believe and receive it today. Hallelujah. He's says I am shifting it right now I am shifting it in your favor somebody am shifting the order of things uh, I'm giving those who don't even deserve it I want to give it unto you if you'll just believe it and receive it from me hallelujah this is a shift that God wants you didn't earn it you didn't qualify for it you're not next in line for it you didn't have any seniority but God says I'm going to give it to you anyway where the last becomes the first in Jesus name hallelujah and I'm here to tell you God wants to move you from the back to the front in the name of Jesus he wants to accelerate and bless you like you've never known before God said this is for his covenant keepers he said for my covenant keepers I'll give you houses you didn't build I'll give you cities that you didn't establish. I'll give you vineyards that you didn't plant. This is the choosing of God. This is the crossing of my hands on purpose. This is me blessing you on purpose. I'm going to move you up. Somebody receive that right now. I'm going to accelerate your dreams. I'm going to give you what you didn't deserve. And I'm going to shift you. I'm going to shift everything in your favor. Hallelujah. Our covenant God wants to do this in such a way that He gets all the glory. That's why he said in Isaiah 61 and 3 that you are an oak of righteousness, an oak of righteousness, a planting of God for the display of his splendor or glory. Let me tell you what, God wants you to show up 
and to stand up under the covenant so that he can display his glory on your life. So he can display his splendor. So he can display the miraculous on your life. But in such a way that he gets all the glory. Now, I pray for headaches, and thank God we pray for headaches, and maybe by touching somebody's temple, that helps alleviate, alleviate the headache. And you might could take the credit for it. Maybe it was you. Doing. Maybe you got a backache, and you rub somebody's back while you're praying for them, and, and maybe the little massage helped it. You, you know, we don't know whether God did it, or your, your massage did it, or a little adrenaline did it. But I'm telling you, God says, I want you to believe me for more. I want you to believe me for what that, the, the, the world says is impossible. I want it to be such a glorious display of heaven on earth that you can't take the credit for all you can say is God did it God did there's no way I could have done this God did it hallelujah Moses said God not me I stutter I can't speak to Pharaoh God said Moses I need a covenant representative and don't you worry about it I'm crossing my hands and I'm giving you what you need I'm giving you divine assistance hallelujah Gideon said God I come from the smallest tribe the weakest tribe the, the, the poorest tribe of them all there is no one no way I can lead an army God said Gideon I need a covenant representative so don't you worry about it I'm crossing my hands and I'm giving you what you need and I'm moving you from the back to the front and I want to give you some divine assistance saith the Lord David said God I'm just too small I'm too young I'm too inexperienced I'm untrained in the military combat look you got all this army here that could take on Goliath the covenant representative of the Philistine you got all these men and God and God said to David David I need a covenant representative I need somebody who will trust me don't you worry about it I'm crossing my hands and I'm moving you from the background to the forefront and I'm moving you from the shepherd field to the battlefield all the way to the throne I'm going to give you what you need I'm going to give you divine assistance Esther could have said God I can't go speak to the king here I am he won't listen to me who am I I'm just an orphan I don't have any influence but God said Esther I need a covenant representative I'm crossing my hands I'm going to cross my hands and give you what you need I'm going to give you respect I'm going to give you credibility I'm going to give you honor things you don't deserve I'm going to give you things you didn't work for I'm going to give you I'm going to move you from the back to the front I want to give you some divine assistance hallelujah I see in my spirit that you are a place you are at a place where things are going to shift I hear the spirit of the Lord saying all he needs is a covenant representative he said my hands are already crossed is there someone that will come and step up to the plate is there somebody who will step up as a covenant representative and know that by Zechariah 4 and 6 as I said it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord it's by my ruach my breath my wind there's the wind of God breathing the breath of God breathing there's a shift if somebody would step up and receive it in the name of Jesus God is going to breathe on you shift is coming from the breath of God the spirit of God the wind of God welcome Holy Spirit hallelujah I believe he is blowing the wind of his healing. I believe he is blowing the wind of his promotion. I believe God is blowing the wind of his deliverance. I believe God is blowing the wind of restoration. I believe God is blowing the wind of advancement today. Hallelujah. So the question is, am I in covenant with him? In just a few moments, we're going to take the elements of the Lord's Supper. Not a ceremony, 
Not a religious, religious ritual, but an act of faith. Where Jesus says, I'm the covenant representative that when you couldn't fight for yourself, I stepped in and I took your Goliath's head off. I stepped in before the king as Esther did and I got what that, that gallus that was set up for my people got turned on the enemy and the enemy got taken out. He says, I've stepped in in your weakness. I am making you strong. I am your strength. I am your strength. And I've come in in this, this, this declaration, this constitution, this covenant. He says, I fought the fight. I fought it. I fought it. It cost me my blood. While I was on the whipping post and everything in me says, I can't take another one. I can't take another one. There was another uh, voice I heard, which was my spirit. And my, the Holy Spirit said to me, you got to take it. You got to take it because there's how going to be laying there 59 days. Impossible to heal. Impossible to get over this infection. Impossible to breathe on his own ever again. Oh, they're going to have to pull the plug. But Jesus, if you'll take it one more stripe, take one more stripe. That will be for his healing. I need you covenant representative. And then when he took that and he got up from that whipping post supposedly dead there he said no I now gotta go I gotta drag myself if I have to be dragged I gotta get to that cross I gotta get to that cross and when he fell down and he couldn't carry the cross anymore God provided the shift of God's favor said you man pick it up and you carry it for him and then they got to the top of that hill I'm telling you Jesus was probably two inches from death but he says you've got to keep breathing deep you got to keep focused because you got to get up on that tree because he who hangs on the tree is cursed uh, and you got to get the curse off my people you got to get the curse off my people this is a better covenant that he's mediating for us and he said okay and he they didn't have to fight him he gave them his hands uh, and he gave them his feet as they nailed him there and he said hang me here hang me high i got to get a curse off my people and they hung him up on that cross uh, and i'm telling you he said now it is finished hallelujah that the curse may come off of you and the curse may come off of you and the curse come on him so that the blessing the blessing might come on you he's crossing his hands and on purpose he's trying to bless somebody here today who is in covenant with him and who will believe him hallelujah Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Will you believe Him for bigger? Will you believe Him for more? Will you believe Him for the supernatural? His favor is on you. Hallelujah. The concluding question that has to be answered, it must be, is this, are you in covenant with him otherwise all of this is just hype because this is all for those covenant keepers are you in covenant with him I know America says just to be born American you get you get Christianity but it don't work that way America has its own constitution take care of that you don't got no right messing with God's constitution God says unless a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The Bible says once we're born again, we must walk by faith. We must live by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
So we're not talking about some historical moment when you were born again. That was necessary, just like you were born in this earth. But thank God you're still not laying in the hospital crib somewhere in a diaper being tended to. you got to grow in this life. And you got to walk in this life. And I pray you've grown from the day you got saved to, by, by building up your faith and moving into what God has called you to do. You have an assignment on your life. You're to be a covenant representative here. God's got some things that He wants to do from heaven on earth through you. You need to decree it. You need to declare it. He needs your voice. He needs your faith. He needs your life. So I ask you, are you in covenant with God? And are you a covenant keeper? Are you walking in covenant today? You say, well, how in the world can I come into covenant with God? Romans 10, 9 and 10, he tells us, he makes it so simple. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord. This isn't just talk. Confession means this is what I establish. This is where I am. I am surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Are you surrendered to Jesus? Is He Lord over every area of your life? If not, you really need to question whether or not you're in right relationship with God. Because if He's not Lord over all, He's not Lord at all. It violates the terminology of Lordship. Is He Lord? Confess that. And believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead. And you shall be saved, sozo, healed, delivered, prospered, advanced, accelerated, hand of favor on you. That's what sozo means. Takes you from the back, puts you to the front. Something you don't earn, didn't earn, something you didn't deserve. But it's just the grace of God. Just the grace of God. Hallelujah. Because with the heart you believe, the Bible says here, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. How do you get set into righteousness? How do you get set into the right relationship with God in covenant? Through believing. Do you believe? And the Bible says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can't be ashamed of this. You've got to go around and say, I'm a covenant keeper. I'm in covenant with God. I'm a covenant keeper. I'm an ambassador. Hallelujah. I go to Christian embassy where ambassadors go to get their instructions. But when I'm out here in the marketplace, I'm an ambassador. That means I'm a conduit of the kingdom in heaven. And I'm doing what Jesus taught me to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I need the divine favor of God, the shift of God moving through me into this earth. This earth needs God. This earth needs God's power to deliverance and God's mercy it needs it and God wants to flow it through us by his spirit hallelujah so the question is are you in covenant with him today if not you can be in covenant with him I can't make the decision for you I can't believe for you I can't make the confession I can't surrender to his lordship for you you have to do that yourself but if you believe and you will act on God's word you will receive full benefit no, you don't deserve it. I don't either. No, you didn't work for it. I didn't either. But you'll receive the full covenant benefits. Hallelujah. And to walk out in those benefits, they're supernatural. So you need supernatural assistance. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to pray every day. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Let my cup run over. You've got to pray in the Spirit. You say, well, my mind doesn't understand. The Bible says your mind's not supposed to understand. This is a direct line that God has from His Spirit to your spirit to build your spirit up so it doesn't get contaminated with the limited limitation thinking that you're faced with in this world. So your spirit man can grow and become the mighty, mighty man or woman of the Spirit 
being built up as you pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you in covenant with God? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? If not, you can be.